It's our favorite time of the week as Raider great and radio analyst Lincoln Kennedy joins us on Unnecessary Roughness. And DeMond is efforting Lincoln Kennedy to kick off hour number three of the show. So while DeMond does that, we're going to go ahead and go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Talk to our friend Bernard. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, man, you guys you guys do a great job. As always, I just want to make sure I always tell you tell you guys that you and DeMond, Q, you just brought a flavor uh, to the people that's in the Bay Area, man, and just make us feel like we're down here with, with you guys. So I just Appreciate you. let you know that. Um, what most thing, the biggest thing I'm worried about with the Raiders is them playing up to their expectations. And you, when you do your shows every week, you know, you do the crossover and we hear all these, you know, different matchups and the teams are missing this and missing that. And the Raiders never like live up to the expectation when they play these, play these teams. So I just hope they can carry over this, this big win that they just had and play to the expectations A rookie quarterback. You know, Pittsburgh is a is a is a base, the records are the same. So just yeah. say, say they even. They got some deficiencies, and so the Raiders. But overall, I think the Raiders are a better team, <clears throat> and the Steelers are going to be amped up. But what the Raiders need to do have everybody watch the the YouTube special about the uh, immaculate deception. Yeah, and have some of the old timers. You know, have George come in here, Phil Filippiano, uh, and uh, uh, Raymond Chester. Had them talk to our guys. Raiders and let them be amped up too, and then they—it's going to be amped up on both sides. So my biggest thing had have them uh, play up to their expectations. I mean, uh, and another thing, like you said, also both teams got to play in the weather, and these guys come from all over the country, so they got. Believe me, Steelers got players on their team that don't like to play in the cold either. Oh yeah, I mean, Devontae Adams has been playing in Green Bay for the last what eight nine years. So. Mm-hmm. Darren Waller was in Baltimore. So, they, you know, these guys come from Florida, California. They they littered all over the place. So they both got a planet, and the Raiders going to come out with a victory on Sunday. There you go. There you go. Bernard, thank you for the call, and we do appreciate you. And, yeah, that's the one thing you got to remember about the cold. It goes for both teams. So I just think that one of the biggest elements when it comes to the cold is, like, ball security, and that's for both teams. But, uh, you know, all we care about is the Raiders and not turning the ball over, and that's that's always the key to every game is, is not – turning the ball over, but especially in this game, you don't want to give the Steelers opportunities that they might not have had, especially with Kenny Pickett, as you mentioned. You know, he's not a well-oiled machine right now. I mean, he's still trying to find his way. He's coming back from concussion. I do expect, unlike Raider Mack, I do think he's going to be playing. I don't know how effective he's going to be, but I do think he's going to be playing. I think he's much better than Mitchell Trubisky, so we'll see. Uh, DeMond, you just gave me, the, you just gave me the, the shoulder shrug. You just MJ'd me. Yeah, so... uh. Let's say no Lincoln today. <laughs> Last time I said no Lincoln, all of a sudden he was he was there and available. So there's that. Well, maybe it's one of those things, you know. You, you know, it's like when something's loading, when the computer's loading slow, and you walk away from it, and you yeah. hope that when you come back, it'll be done. So right, maybe right. We move on, and then that's when Lincoln says, "Hey, man, hit me up." Okay. All right. Well, that's what we'll do. So Vinny Bonsignor will join us at four thirty. We're gonna have to figure this Lincoln thing out. This is also like a, playing a lottery. You know, we all know how often we win the lottery, right? If ever. <laughs> so we got to make sure that we uh, we got this on point from moving forward. But going back to Bernard's call, and he had a lot of good points in it, you know, uh, it, it's going to be the way that this game shakes out, man. I mean, really, this is a very winnable game for the Raiders. Uh, the, there's not a ton of talent, in my opinion, on the Steelers. There just isn't. I just think that there's going to be a little bit of edge, a little bit of energy, a little extra energy in the stadium, at least early on. Right, you just gotta, as I mentioned, weather the storm, and I think that that's very doable. But 
is the Raiders just have to go in there and be ready to, to, to roll and be ready to make it happen. I mean, it's just it's just know what's going on. I like Bernard's thoughts, though, when he said have somebody like Villapiano or somebody talk to him, you know, or, or a couple of those guys. That would be awesome. I would love to see and hear of a Raider legend getting into the locker room and, and, and talking to these guys before the game. I think that'd be awesome, you know, especially a guy like Villapiano. Villapiano is, is fantastic. I know he was on with JT earlier today. I know Heidi Fang had an opportunity to talk to him as well. We've had him on the show multiple times. Villapiano just brings that juice, right? Now, you got to have the dump button ready, but, you know, on the radio. But, I mean, he, he brings the juice. He's always ready to go. And especially for a game like this with the 50-year anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, that would be fantastic to have a couple of those guys in that locker room and just kind of let these guys know what time it is and let them know what this game is all about and what it means and, and just talk about the old-school rivalry between the Steelers and the Raiders. I think that would be fantastic. So, Bernard, you're, you're really on to something, my man. Thank you for the call. I do appreciate you. Uh, let's go back out to the phone lines. Talk to our guy, Jared, right here in Vegas. Welcome to the show, my man. What's on your mind? What's going on, Q? Happy holidays to you and yours, you yes, and sir. Devon. Guys, you guys do a great job bringing us cheer when we, when we definitely need it, so I appreciate that. My cues to the game, I got, I got three Ps in honor of us taking that trek to Pittsburgh. I got poise, perseverance, and persistence. For poise, man, the penalties are killing us. We, gotta be, we got to be better on both sides of the ball with the penalties. There was a lot of yards that we gave up on that. Perseverance, man, this team is going to have an emotional wave to ride. So we got we to gotta ride through it and stick with it. And perseverance. Man, we have shown the ability to get away from a game plan. I, I, you know, last week we had some injuries, and I get that. But watching the game again, it just looks like the the play calling is different in the second half. So I feel like whatever we do that's working, we got to be persistent and show the perseverance to keep doing what's working and wear it out, especially D.A. Man, if Tay gets off, we got to keep it rolling. Let's go Raiders. Thank you for the call. And, yeah, you know, I think that, honestly, I think that in the second half, and remember the Patriots have a really good defense too. I think in the second half it had a lot more to do with Jordan Meredith, had a lot to do with uh, Grasso, who was the guards. I just don't think that the, the Raiders had a lot of confidence in those guys. Especially like Grasso early in the game to me, and I remember telling Amber Theo Harris multiple times that she was sitting in the press box next to me, and and uh, James Jones was sitting there. We were just kind of talking about. It. We're like, man, it just doesn't look like he is locked in. And I know that you know Mick Lombardi said that he did a good job, and Meredith did a good job, but I think they did a good job for what they were asked to do, but it wasn't a great job, if that makes sense. I, I do think that they were a liability on that offensive line, and that's that's going to be a struggle. So I'm hoping that a guy like Dylan Parham is able to play on Saturday. I'm hoping uh, Alex Bars is able to come back and play on Saturday. We'll see, but the Raiders need to be as, as healthy as possible on that offensive line because they're going to have their, their work cut out for them. And the defensive line for the Steelers, man, I mean, that's one of my biggest keys to this game is the trenches, you know, for the offense and the defense. The offensive line's got to be dominant for the Raiders, and the defensive line's got to be dominant and be able to stop the run. So those are two of the big factors that I have for this game. But we'd love to hear from you again, 702-365-9200. Vinny Bonsignor joins us at 430. Uh, Mailman Raider hit us up and said, if Lincoln calls in, I'll go throw 100, 100 on the game. 
<laughs> there you go. He's going to go throw 100 on the game if Lincoln calls in, DeMond. So there you go. Mark that down. Just in case Lincoln does call, then Mailman Raider said he's got a hundo on the game on Saturday. Uh, let's see. Got a text from uh, the 815. Uh, I don't see – I definitely don't see Carr passing a lot this game. I'm like you, Q. Uh, not going to happen. Carr was only in the Rams game uh, – was the only one in the Rams game that had a hand warmer on in L.A. So this is going to be the coldest game he's ever played in. Hope to see a lot of the running back room mixed with a little play action if Carr is unthawed. Let's go Raiders. We're going to separate the men from the boys Saturday night. Merry Christmas to all the Raider Nation. Let's go get this dub. And I don't know if this is going to be the coldest game that Carr's played in, but I know it's going to be one of the coldest games. And again, like we've been saying, it's going to be cold for Kenny Pickett. It's going to be cold for Derek Carr. It's going to be cold for... Najee Harris, it's going to be cold for Josh Jacobs. I mean, it's going to be cold for everybody. It's going to be cold for the head coaches. It's just what it is what it is. And at some point, the guys on the field will get over it. The guys on the field, they'll just kind of get get you know accustomed to it and, and get heated up and everything. And really, the ones that are going to be the ones that are going to be burning up are going to be the ones or the ones that be cold are going to be the ones sitting in the stands. So uh, thank you so much for that text. I appreciate you, uh, Mailman Raider. Before we go to our next guest, I want to let you know you need to go put a hundo. On the game because joining us now on the phone lines is our good friend Lincoln Kennedy and Lincoln thanks so much for your time this afternoon I appreciate you and we were talking about the weather in this game and you know you played in some really cold games at what point does your body get adjusted to it or does it not get adjusted to it technology has advanced itself quite mo- quite nicely since I played the drive fit stuff most notably for Mackey I know it's progressed since then but it's, it was a lot different because back then we just had t-shirts and sweatshirts when they got wet they got heavy and that sort of bogged you down. So, so technology has helped with that. And now it's just a matter, you know, you see guys on the sideline with the coats on, the heated seats and stuff like that. They were, they're far more pampered than they ever would. But <laughs> this, is, um, this is one of those um, surprising codes. I'm in Pittsburgh right now, and they're predicting tonight the temperature is going to drop 20 degrees. It's been raining all day, Ooh. but the temperature is going to drop when that freeze comes. So um, it's going to be bitter cold tomorrow by the time the Raiders get here. The team's supposed to get here tomorrow afternoon. By the time they land, it's going to be bitter cold. There's really nothing you can do to prepare for it other than you go through it. But the whole day um, Saturday, because it's not so Saturday night game, is going to be a long one. Lincoln, on, on the Monday Night Countdown show, Booger McFarland said that, you know, a little extra secret to keep warm was to have something, a little something to drink on the sidelines there. Did you ever see a teammate, you know, maybe or heard about keeping a little extra something on the sideline to drink to stay warm? It wouldn't be surprising to me. I mean, a lot of times we had, you know, things like chicken broth and stuff like that. It didn't go too heavy, but, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if somebody had a little extra something, some little grandpa's little cough medicine to knock <laughs> back, if you will. But I don't know if that's going to warm you up as, as well as clutter your judgment or make you a little cloudy out there playing. Some, you know, look, I, I played with guys who could play high, who could play messed up. There was times I had I was high on painkillers and still go through my actions. I don't know how effective I was, but, you know, that, it wouldn't surprise me if you heard something like that. DeMond must be talking about Marshawn Lynch drinking some Henny. I, I, I mean, you might as well have just gone out and said it because he does it all the time, or he did it all the time. You might as well just came out and said it. Again, Lincoln Kennedy is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So I expect there to be a heavy dose of the run game because of the weather. How do you think that the game plans offensively will be affected by the weather, Lincoln? Well, it, it, usually when you have inclement weather, you want to try to run the ball and establish a run. The problem for the Raiders is that they've got two backup guards possibly playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going up against a pretty talented defensive line with Hayward, most notably uh, for the Steelers. 
that, that's usually and, and look, the, the Steelers like to blitz, especially through the middle parts of the defense or offensive line. Um, and so usually you want to try to take quick hits or get strikes upfield, uh, take advantage of it. I don't know if the weather's going to be like that. So Look, it, it depends on, on the conditions. If it's cold, you can still go through a, a game like you're playing a game. It's just cold. But if it's cold and wet, that's different. So we'll have to see how everything pans out tomorrow. It's going to be interesting. I mean, it really is. I think the weather's going to play a major major role in this game. And, you know, ball security, Lincoln, I mean, that's another thing, right? Absolutely. I mean, hard, it's hard to hold on to the ball. Well, these days, you know, like I said, technology is advanced. Those wide receiver gloves, that's the reason true. why I see so many people catching one-hand guns, they're, they're, they have basically stick them on them. You know, so you, I don't know if the running backs use those. I'm pretty, pretty sure they probably would, but, you know, the technology has helped it. But also ball security is, you know, pre Look, we got quarterbacks who are wearing gloves out yeah. these days. So, you know, nothing surprises me anymore. No, not at all. Lincoln Kennedy is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Now, we found out yesterday about the passing of Franco Harris. Uh, it's, it's wild that it happened this week when it comes to the Immaculate Reception, the 50-year anniversary of it. He was going to be honored. What do you think the Steelers are going to be like coming out of the locker room? Do you think that Mike Tomlin is going to be able to kind of channel that inner Franco Harris in a, in a game day speech or whatever, a little rah-rah to get them a little more amped up coming out the locker room? Tomlinson's always been a great motivator. I mean, that's one of the reasons why he's had the job, and this team has done so well, even when they looked poor on the roster. They started off poorly, and look how they rallied. It, it, you don't necessarily need a rally call when you're playing against the Steelers, trust me. It was anything from the crowd, the terrible towel, and everything else, and just the whole you know, aura of being a Pittsburgh Steeler, that's going to come out, and even more so on the anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. So um, you know, the, the, the history that we have between the Raiders and the Steelers is notorious. Mm-hmm. And anyone who knows anything about football, there were once upon a time in the decade, there was if whoever won the, out of the uh, AFC, whoever won the, between these two clubs was going to the Super Bowl. That's how it was in the, in the 70s. So, you know, in the, in the bitter battles that go back and forth, and we've had, I've had them when I played with them. So uh, it's, it's, it's gone. you don't need much motivation when you're playing against the uh, Steelers and if you're the Raiders and vice versa. Yeah, we had Alan Saunders on earlier the show from Pittsburgh, and he said that that's what the players in Pittsburgh were saying in the locker room too. They already wanted to win the game. You can't get more than 100% ready to win the game. So I agree with you there. Those players, you know, it might be nice, the sentiment, but they they want to beat the Raiders just as much as the Raiders want to beat them. But going back to the field, the Raiders, they struggled to stop the run game last week against Mm -hmm. the Patriots. What do you think they need to do differently this week up front to contain the Steelers? Got to have better gap control. The style of defense means you have to be disciplined in your gap control. If if a, if a linebacker overshoots, which doesn't happen many times, but or if you allow a guard or a center to get up on the linebacker, that's going to get negate basically the front seven. The reason why Masterson and Perryman can be so successful is that the block eaters that up front have to occupy the offense line. And they have to occupy them in a way to where either they're slanting, they're sending, they're making themselves aware to where there's nobody that can slip up on the linebackers. Because once you get past the linebackers, there's really no recourse behind. So they're going to have to do a better job of gap control this time. And then when you speak of gap control and those guys up front, is this something more that Coach Patrick Graham would have to instill in practice? Or just is it more of a patience thing or maybe some actual the play calls that he makes that needs to be a little bit different? No, you don't install this late in the season. You're basically running what you know that you can run and run well. Uh, you don't have enough time to, to generate that or do do that over or to try to draw that up on the chalkboard. So it's just better execution. You know, coaches coach, players play. When it comes down to it, the Raiders go back to the film, you know, last week and, and look at the film and see that they had some, some big holes 
and the center part of that defense. So somebody was making mistakes uh, that wasn't both. You got to get those corrected, and you just have to hope to have better execution this time. Talk, we're talking right now with Lincoln Kennedy here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. We heard from Mac Hollins earlier today in the Raiders locker room, and he was talking about the opportunity he's had this year to be a wide receiver. And he's second right now on the team. He was forced into that because of injury. But what have you made of yeah. Mac Hollins and the way that he stepped up in that role? Well, you know what? I, I really appreciate his work ethic because if you look, just look on and usually in a game, watch a game, watch how often number 10 is out there. What he's doing for special teams and on and playing offense. I mean, he's literally in charge of stretching the field. That's his wide receiver responsibility. They've only got two guys that really do that. And, you know, it's Cole and Mac Collins. But mm-hmm. there were times where, you like they said in the last game in New England, a couple missed opportunities that would have been big plays. But that touchdown he had, very good grab going low and away and, and pulling that in and not dropping the football. So he's shown some passion. He's shown some ability. Most importantly, he's shown that he's uh, taken full advantage of his opportunity. Yeah, no, he really has. Got to give him a lot of credit for that. Guy just about never comes off the field. So uh, as far as uh, any other element that you're looking for in this game from the Raiders, anything else that you think is going to be key for the Raiders to try to get this victory? Yeah, I'm really concerned about the interior guards, interior play. Mm -hmm. I really am concerned because if you look at the blitzes that the, the Patriots ran, every single time they ran that Mike Blitz, Derek was either scrambling or he got sacked. So, you know, that's that's going to be – if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm licking my chops. I'm, oh, I want to do that. I can do that. We have that in our ability. So um, and I'm really concerned about the interior part of this offense. More importantly, the the strategy I feel that if you do have to pass the ball, you have to have quick passes. you got to get rid of the football. You can't hold on to it for too long. Um, teach your defense – I mean, teach your offensive line to cut guys down and, and almost like a three-step drop, drop them down the line of scrimmage and then give us a clear sight line to, to try to throw the ball short. But that ball has to come out of your hands quick. One of the problems that you had on the broadcast last Sunday when the Raiders played the Patriots was Derek Carr, when he would get to the line, constantly calling out the blitzers or who's the mic. We had Andre James on the show yesterday. What do you think that communication needs to be like between Derek Carr and Andre James on getting the rest of the line set and not taking too much of the play clock off? It just has to be faster. Derek is in charge of that. Derek Carr is the quarterback. You get the play in, you call it. You know where the play clock is, especially in your home stadium. You can't go up there and nonchalant and just take your time. You know, hey, if you want to switch to Mike, Mike is number eight. Mike is number eight. Let's go. Then right. go. There should, there should be no reason why you take a couple of delay of games at home. Yeah. No, that's true. That was frustrating. That was frustrating yeah. seeing those delay of games at your house. Like, that should as well not as the happen. false starts. The, the false starts were frustrating because false starts are a lack of a concentration. Mm-hmm. You, there, there should be no reason why you can't focus and concentrate on a game this big, this size, this magnitude, this late in the season. No, you're right, 100%. 13 penalties, 90 yards is what the Raiders had on Sunday against the Patriots. Yeah. That's not going to win you too many games, and they got lucky and was able to bail it out with that crazy play that happened at the end with Chandler Jones taking it to the crib. Well, Lincoln, will close out with this. Max Crosby, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, all three are Pro Bowlers. That was announced yesterday. Shouldn't be a surprise. Those are the leaders on the team, but what did you think when you saw that those guys made the Pro Bowl? I actually thought there should have been more. You know, guys like Denzel Perriman, I thought I had a tremendous year. You know, um, but, you know, the Pro Bowl and, and stuff, I, I remember usually it's it's really sometimes just a, a favorites of names. Right. So every now and then you have a new guy who will break in with big stats. But but well-deserved for the Raiders that made it. I thought there should have been a few more guys on that, on that Pro Bowl roster, but it is what it is. Yeah, I, I thought maybe Carlson, you know, could have been on yeah. there, you know, yeah. maybe A.J., yeah. but – uh, I did think it was kind of funny, Josh Jacobs being running back number two instead of number one when he's clearly leading the league in rushing. But it's, I mean, it, it really is. It really is to me, uh, you know, 
a popularity contest these days. Yeah. Uh, so you know, so be it. I think the Pro Bowl ruined itself. No offense against Las Vegas, but they ruined itself by taking it from uh, Hawaii. Because I've always said when I was out there, you know, the NFL ruined a damn good vacation by having us play a football game, and now you're going to play what flag football or or what is it? What are, what are they playing? Wolf football? Pickleball? What are they playing? Yeah. Pickleball? What are they playing? Basically, and yeah, that trip to Hawaii would be would be nice. And now they're bringing it to Vegas, and I mean it's cool. But you're right, that trip to Hawaii, man, I take that every day of the week and twice on Sunday. <laughs> let, let me close out with this: when it comes to the Pro Bowl and Josh Jacobs, I mean, look, that's his second Pro Bowl, uh, you know, nod that he's gotten in his career, and of course he's going to be a free agent. That just helps out that contract negotiation. Look, I, I think his play has helped out that contract situation. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. He he's one of those guys where if you if you have any you know doubt in your mind whether or not you should pay him, all you have to do is turn on the film. Yep. Watch how kid, how hard the kid runs and how hard he wants to be a Raider. If you talk to him and you're around him, you see that he he exemplifies what it means to be a Raider right now, and you want that. You want that on your team. You want that in your locker room. And I just had. I think the young man has a tremendous heart. I'm so proud of him, his journey, what he's come from, and what he's doing, and what he's what his ability and his future looks re- really bright. Pay the man. Absolutely. I agree. That's a great mic drop moment right there. That's a great Lincoln Kennedy with us here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Well, Lincoln, I know you're in Pittsburgh. Stay warm, my man, and have a fantastic call on Saturday. You know we'll be paying attention and watching. Appreciate it, man. Happy holidays to you and all your listeners, guys. Absolutely. You too, brother. There he goes. Lincoln Kennedy, Raiders Radio Network on Twitter at LKennedy72. Mailman Raider, go throw that hundo down on the game, baby. I'm just saying, man, just go throw that hundo down. <laughs> Was there ever a doubt? <laughs> Was there ever a doubt? <laughs> is that what? What's that? What's that line? Is that not what we came for? Are you not entertained? Is that how you say it? Or is is it that backwards? Not why you're here? Yeah, there you go. Go on and do your. Go on, Demon. I can't do that. I better leave the acting and all that stuff to you, man. Is that not why you're here? Are you not entertained? <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. 421 is the time. Many thanks to Lincoln Kennedy. We got Vinny Boston York coming up at 430. We'll get some more of your calls and your texts. We'll do it next. Serena Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy, Q. Coming up at 430, Vinny Boston York, who is in Pittsburgh right now, similar to Lincoln Kennedy, trying to stay warm. Saw Vinny tweet out a picture being at the airport. Tweet out a picture of the statue of the Franco Harris in the airport. So we'll catch up with Vinny, get his lay of the land, get his thoughts on what we'll see on Saturday for the game. Of course, you can hear that game right here on Red Nation Radio 920. Got some text to get to. Uh, one from the 707. Man, Link, get on this coaching staff already. We need you as our offensive line coach. That was from the 707. I don't know if Lincoln wants to be a coach just yet. <laughs> I don't know if Lincoln wants to be a coach just yet, but uh, I think he would do really well in the coaching ranks. I remember uh, JT asked him about that right after Jeff Saturday got hired for the Colts. Uh, when we did the Raider roundtable, he had asked him about that. Like, hey, Lincoln, you, uh, you could be a, be a coach as well. You know, you got, the, you, got the, you got the skills to get it done, and he kind of just laughed it off. So I don't know if Lincoln's ready to be a coach just yet, if he wants to be a coach. Not saying he's not ready, saying if he wants to be a coach. That's a lot of responsibility. Doesn't have the patience. Yes, that's a lot of or that's a lot of responsibility to be a coach, man. That's that's I think you I think you hit it on the head. Uh the patience, man. That is that is a big deal. Uh Sir Whiskey Ray hit us up and said, Q and D. Happy Thursday, gentlemen. A little more than forty eight hours till kickoff. I have two concerns for this game. One, keeping that crowd noise down. Steeler fans will be all ramped up and we need to keep their mouths shut tight. Two, another concern will definitely be the penalties. With weather conditions looking as cold as where Fargo Raider lives, I can't emphasize how we can't go backwards with our field position. We have to stay away from second and third and longs from our offense. 
Scoring touchdowns will be important, but like I said yesterday, my gut feeling tells me we'll win on a late field goal come Saturday night. I got plenty of whiskey to go around for those that are living in cold areas. Time to get this dub. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. And, yeah, penalties, man. The Raiders have got to avoid second and long and third and long. I mean, you just you cannot be in that position. The Steelers in that defensive line, they will pin their ears back. You heard Lincoln Kennedy say those guys like to blitz. And that offensive line, that's that's something that I'm concerned about as well. Lincoln shared his concern that those guards, those backup guards, talking about Grasso and Meredith, if those guys have to start again, man, you saw what that offense looked like on Sunday against the Patriots in the second half. They did not look like a very good or well-oiled machine. They just didn't, right? The offense was on the struggle bus, to say the least. Those uh, guards are in there. I, I just don't know how much confidence Josh McDaniels is going to have to be able to run the offense that he wants to run. So uh, I'm hoping that, you know, one of these guys, Alex Bars or Dylan Parham or both, are able to come back and play on Saturday, but none of that is guaranteed. So when we get Vinny Bonsignor, and we'll have him in a couple minutes here on the show, we'll ask him his thoughts on the offensive line. But that's going to be something that really is going to be something to pay attention to, man. I think that offensive line, you know, I, I tweeted it out at halftime of the of the Patriots game. I said, the second half is going to go as this Raiders offensive line went. And you see it didn't do a whole lot, right? When they had to have that final drive, though, in the end zone, they got it. So credit to them for that. But for the majority of the second half, man, they didn't have anything going on. And so that was a big concern. The Patriots were able to get home plenty of times, pressure Derek Carr, sack Derek Carr, and the Steelers are going to try to do the same thing. And they've got the guys to be able to get after him. So uh, we'll see what Vinny has to say when we get him in just a few minutes. We got a text from the 510. In 2016, Carr hurt his throwing hand against the Panthers. Pinky looked broke. Dude came out with a glove on his throwing hand and was slinging it. Carr had to put a glove on his throwing hand and was slinging it. I trust him to make plays in the cold when needed and to be clutch when we need him to be clutch. Uh, that's the text from the 510. Thank you for that. And I do remember uh, when he hurt his – remember when he hurt his pinky and had to put that glove on. And that Carolina Panther game, that was just a wild game back in 2016. The, the Raiders ended up winning that game. That was the game that Khalil Mack had that uh, that pick off of Cam Newton right before halftime and got it in the end zone. That was a pretty cool play. That was back in the Oakland Coliseum. Joining us now on the phone lines – who is in Pittsburgh. Nice, sunny Pittsburgh. Oh, no, it's not sunny in Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, Vinny Bonsignor joins us right now. Vinny, thanks so much for the time. What is the weather like out there right now? Uh, right now, it's um, dipped into about the 20s, uh, low oh. 30s, um, rainy. Uh, so it's nice compared to what it's going to be like <laughs> uh, come kickoff on, on Saturday. So it's supposed to really get colder tomorrow. Um, a lot of flights getting canceled, a lot of... Uh, you know, crazy travel. So uh, if you're not here in Pittsburgh, hurry up and get here uh, because it's going to get pretty dicey. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a mental thing. The Raiders got to deal with it. The Steelers got to deal with it. It's something that you have to get through uh, when you play December football in the NFL. Uh, and it's just something that the Raiders are going to have to deal with. And we'll see how they do that on Saturday in a must-win situation. What do you think? The, how do you think the offensive game plan is affected by the weather? Ah, um. It has to be, right? I mean, you want to say that, hey, we're going to do what we're going to do, um, regardless of what the conditions are. We feel like we could come up with a game plan uh, that accentuates our strengths in spite of how it might might be. But you really don't know until you get out there because, hey, what's the field going to look like? How is it going to play? Is it going to be windy? Uh, that's, that's always a consideration. Is it going to be wet in addition to being cold? Uh, and then that puts a premium on taking care of the ball. So does passing become a little bit secondary to the run game. I don't think we're going to really know. I think the Raiders are going to be prepared for everything that they may encounter on Saturday, but I don't really think that we're going to know until kickoff and as the game and afternoon or afternoon night 
uh, proceeds and kind of determines maybe one way or another that the Raiders and the Steelers are going to play. I know that Coach Josh McDaniels probably wouldn't tell you even if he knew ahead of time, but, you know, got to keep these secrets close to the vest. But do you think that he has a certain game plan? Because we've seen it in New England when they only threw the ball three times last year against the Bills, just a certain run-only offense for this game? Yeah, and that's that kind of goes back to uh, what, we're, what we were just talking to. I would imagine that based on what he's going to encounter, what the Raiders and Steelers are going to encounter, he's got something – um, devised for probably every situation that they're going to encounter. Uh, I would think that they're going to definitely lean he- heavily on the run game, but part of that for me is what the offensive line is going to look like. It looked like they, you know, there was some encouraging news on Alex Bars, um, you know, and, and Dylan Parham. They, they at least practiced on a limited basis uh, today, so uh, that bodes well for their return. The Raiders really need their two uh, guards in there because if they are then I think that they can, um, you know, kind of stick to what they normally do and have a lot of confidence uh, in that. Uh, if you're if you're talking about the two backups, that changes things because, you know, these are two guys that really haven't been part of this for a while now. You know, uh, uh, Hieronymus has been in the building, but he's been on the practice squad. Jordan Meredith hasn't been in the building since a week ago, um, and prior to that, or excuse me, before a week ago, it was all the way in mid September that he was here. So you got to account for that. Uh, I feel a lot better about the Raiders uh, in terms of whatever they're going to do offensively if they've got their two guards out there. Not specifically X's and O's or a certain type of play, but just in speaking in generalities, what do you think that the Raiders' offense would be more able to do with those starters, bars, and parham in the offense? Well, I think they're going to be able to you know, at least slow down uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers' pass rush and, and be able to control the line of scrimmage a little bit better, especially from a command or a communication standpoint. Uh, but here's one thing that we haven't talked about. Devontae Adams is used to playing in this kind of weather. Yeah. Um, so does he become somebody that you really truly do lean on because he knows how to get prepared for these kinds of conditions. He's playing in worse conditions uh, than what we're going to see on, on Saturday, having spent all those years in Green Bay. So I think mentally and physically he understands um, you know, what needs to be done to be able to, to succeed uh, in, in this, these types of elements. So I'm wondering if they're going to lean a little bit more heavily on him, which they probably should anyway. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great point. And, you know, Josh, Josh McDaniels kind of alluded uh, the other day, I think it was on Wednesday, Vinny, to his knowledge of playing in these kind of elements as well. That might, that might be a factor in this game too is that McDaniels is used to these kind of elements. Yeah, and, you know, uh, he didn't play at the highest level of college football, uh, right. but this is a guy that grew up. Uh, in a very, um, you know, uh, 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 Canton, Ohio, and it gets cold in Canton, Ohio. Uh, this right. is kind of the same area that we're, that we're talking about right now. So he hasn't just coached in it, he's played in it himself. Uh, so I'm sure he has a little bit of an inkling of what the challenges are uh, when you confront and deal with these types of conditions. But at the end of the day, uh, it's going to come down, whatever game plan uh, they decide to turn to um, and whatever the conditions turn out to be, uh, it's going to come down to execution. It's going to come down to who doesn't commit the most turnovers. Uh, and I think we're safe to say that this game is probably going to be close, as they all have yeah. uh, this year. It's probably going to come down in the fourth quarter. And who handles uh, that anxiety um, and, and those moments in the fourth quarter better? And, and that's basically going to be who's going to win this game. And that's just been the case all year long. Vinny Boston, yours, our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And I say roughness, Vinny's in Pittsburgh right now preparing for Christmas game or Christmas Eve's game with the Steelers. And, you know, we found out about Franco Harris. That was one of those. I was like, whoa, didn't see that one coming. How do you think the Steelers are going to come out of the locker room? Like, what kind of emotion and energy do you think they're going to come out of the locker room with? 
you know, you'd, you'd have to imagine that, um, you know, if they didn't have uh, any more to play for, and it is, you know, basically virtually a, a knockout game between these two six and eight teams, right. uh, they're going to have, you know, some, some uh, extra, something extra to play for. I mean, Franco Harris is an iconic figure here in Pittsburgh, and it's not just that he was Franco Harris and all the history of, of the Steelers and everything that he embodied and meant to this city. This is literally going to be his weekend, Q. Right. You know, yeah. They were going to retire his number. They were going to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate, immaculate Reception. So um, it was already a meaningful uh, a weekend for the Steelers organization and for Franco Harris. And now the fact that, you know, sadly and suddenly and shockingly um, he, he passed away, it just takes on even more meaning. And, and there's a, that's a prideful group over there in Pittsburgh, uh, led by a very prideful man in Mike Tomlin. He's going to have that team ready. Um, you know, to, to deal with everything, including playing a little bit, you know, more, uh, you know, for, for one of the legends here in Pittsburgh. I know that all of the players on this Raider roster were not even alive when the Immaculate Reception took place, but from your sense from being in the locker room this week, are they looking at this as if it's a rivalry game? Uh, there's no doubt that when you put on a Raider uniform uh, and look across the line of scrimmage and it's the Steelers, <laughs> you pretty much know what that all means. And, you know, I, I was just a young kid. Uh, it was literally my first sports memory was that. And I was just thinking about this the other day with a couple of friends. Um, that really was my first sports memory. Uh, but even if you and, – and it was a very, uh, you know, kind of a grainy thing in my mind. But over the years, watching all of the videos about it, all the stories about it, um, everything that the NFL has done to preserve that and keep that alive, uh, it's, it's totally lived on, whether it's, you know, someone of my age or Derek Carr's age or Devontae Adams' age. They know um, about that play. They know about this rivalry. It's just one of the iconic rivalries in all of sports history. I mean, these were two tremendous teams in the 1970s, and it had to go through one whether it was Oakland or Pittsburgh, and you got to throw Miami in there as well, those were the three teams that basically controlled the AFC back in the day. Um, and, and so there's a sense of history here. There's a sense of pride here. And there's no doubt when you put that Raider uh, uniform on and you see the Steelers, that means a little bit more. Not to say that anything, you know, any other game doesn't take on meaning, but this one takes on a little bit more of a meaning. Yeah, Vinny, and I think that the Raiders, when they beat the Steelers for that first time in the AFC Championship game, they went on to beat your um, beloved Minnesota Vikings when you were a king of Super Bowl. Oh, wow. Uh, Man, hey, with with, with friends like (laughs) that, who needs enemies, Vinny? What'd you say, Vinny? (laughs) Yes, and and I'll say this. As a young kid in California, I walked out of that. I mean, I was watching it. My, my, my family had a party that day. I walked out. I left. I went and played football outside because I was like, okay, this is a blowout, and which I didn't expect. I thought the Vikings were the better team than the Raiders that day. But obviously the Raiders came down to Pasadena and just hung one on the Vikings. So it was a humbling experience. All right, back to current day. How do you expect the Steelers to try to defend Devontae Adams? Because we've seen when teams give him that bracket coverage that it takes him out of his game a little bit. I know it's a stat that no one wants to hear, but he's had more games of under 40 yards receiving with the Raiders this season than he's had in the past five seasons in Green Bay. Yeah, um, and here's the deal about that. You know, uh, good news for the Raiders is They've got Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro back, and I think yeah. both of those guys are going to get uh, a little bit more burned today or t- uh, Saturday compared to their first game back. So if that's what they want to do and probably will do, and it's the smart thing to do, and you just you know throw out the numbers, it makes a lot of sense. But keep in mind this. A lot of times when teams have done that, it was when 83 and 13 weren't on the football field. So it made a lot of sense, and it worked. And the Raiders, while they do have Mac Hollins and they do have Keelan Cole and guys like that, 
Um, even those guys would tell you that's a little bit different than having a guy by the name of Darren Waller out there and a guy by the name of Hunter Renfro. So if that's what they choose to do, it's going to open up the field for a couple of playmakers that the Raiders have gotten back. So it'll be interesting to see how the Raiders are able to respond to it. Now you're talking about how do you stop it? Well, part of that is also getting pass rush on, uh, on, on Derek Carr, and that's where some of the concerns about where this offensive line is physically. Even Jermaine Illuminar is dealing with something. Mm. Um, so, you know, the Raiders' offensive line has got to be ready and got to be prepared uh, to play a hard-nosed, um, physical, tough football uh, game against a very physical, tough uh, defense that the Pittsburgh Steelers are historically known for. So if, that can, if, the, if the Raiders' offensive line uh, can control things, and that's going to give Derek Carr more time uh, to, to, you know, whether it's Devontae Adams or Darren Waller or Hunter Renfro or whoever else they decide to um, utilize. Uh, it makes things a lot easier for the Raiders in that in that case. Vinny, how encouraging is it that Josh Jacobs is no longer on the injury report at all? Very good. Um, you know, he was banged up there, and I think yeah. that the statistics probably uh, bared that out. So, um, you know, I give that guy so much credit for kind of battling through um, nobody would have batted an eye uh, if he took um, a little bit less, uh, you know, uh, off of his work uh, plate, but he didn't. You know, he battled through it. Um, it wasn't always pretty, uh, and as last week showed, you know, the Patriots were able to, uh, to get after him a little bit, but he was out there, and that always makes a difference. Even if he's not necessarily having those big games that we've come uh, used to, just him being on the field uh, really does help that uh, offensive operation. Now that he is seemingly healthy, uh, and, you know, you've got to knock on wood this time of year, uh, that would definitely uh, bode well for the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, man, he still almost had 100 yards rushing, and, you know, he yeah. still caught a couple passes as well, and he still, you could tell he wasn't 100%, but he was out there giving it his all. And, Vinny, we'll wrap up with this, and it's something that I brought up earlier this week, and we kind of talked to head coach Joshua Daniels about it earlier this week, and Derek Carr was asked about it yesterday. That's the parody in the league. There's 20 out of 32 teams right now that are 500 or below. And I don't say that to say that, oh, see, the Raiders are a great team after all because they're part of that 20 out of 32 teams. I say that because I feel like that should be encouraging that maybe they're only a couple players here, a couple players there, away from actually being the team that we expected them to be heading into this season. What, what are your thoughts on them kind of being in the middle of the pack with the rest of the league? Yeah, um, and, and that's where a lot of the NFL is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say this, though. Uh, you know, knowing Dave Ziegler and knowing Josh McDaniels, um, and I think they understand that that's kind of where they, they operate right now uh, in the whole NFL scheme of things. And, and as Derek pointed out, going all the way back to Pete Rozelle, he's probably grinning right now because that's what he wanted. Yep. He wanted parity. He wanted everyone to have an honest and earnest opportunity uh, to win the whole thing going into every training camp. And in a way, that's what the NFL has. But let me just put a comma on there. <laughs> that's not what the Raiders want to be. They right. want to be above and beyond that pack. And sure. that's what they're striving to do. That's what they're working for. It doesn't happen overnight, uh, but that literally is the goal. So um, even while we can acknowledge right now that, hey, uh, that's where the Raiders are and a play here and a play there and they'd be you know, uh, above the fray a little bit more and in a better position uh, to make the playoffs, that's not what the Raiders are striving for. That's not what those guys are striving for. They want to be a dominant football team, and it takes talent to do that, and that takes a little bit of time. Uh, but uh, I think if given the time, they have a pretty good chance of getting there. Right, and, and the other thing that I'm saying is that when you see some of these teams in the league that go from being not a very good team to, oh, man, this team is really good pretty quick, it kind of shows that you could become that team faster than, than you know, like previous years where if you were bad, you were just bad, and you were going to be right, bad for exactly. a long time. Yes. It no feels like they're only it. a few players away from actually being a good team. 
I agree with that, and I, and I think they're yeah for being the kind of team that they want to be too. Right, I'm, I'm right there with you, and and let's let's also remember, you know, the NFL does things with their schedule to make things easier. You know, yeah. when you line up your schedule, you're going to play a, a couple of divisions out there of teams that you you know were uh, uh, you know finished in the same in the same spot as in their division. So if you're the first place team in the AFC West or the, the, in the Raiders' case, a second place team you're playing second-place teams from other divisions. That makes it a little bit more difficult, whereas the Chargers, who the Raiders beat out for that second spot, they're playing a third-place schedule. I'm not t- right. making any excuses or anything yeah. like that, but it has to be accounted for. They go to those lengths to make sure that the very next year, the teams that were not so good have a better chance to get good real quick. Yep, that's exactly right. And So that's kind of something that I'm looking at. And Again, not making excuses. Like you said, the team should be better. They shouldn't have only six wins, but that's where they are right now. They are who they are and they're going to try to continue to improve that. Well, Vinny, great stuff as always. We heard you and Mac Hollins in the locker room earlier. That was really good stuff. What do you got coming out that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, I uh, wrote about Mac uh, and his, uh, you know, uh, coming to Las Vegas and betting on himself and, and it paying off. Um, and it was, I thought it was really interesting, some of the things that he said about, you know, being okay with the mundane, being good at the mundane. I thought that was a, a lesson not just in football but in life. You know, just keep doing the right thing over and over and over again, and you usually get uh, to where you want to get to. Yeah, that's a great point. Well, Vinny, thank you so much, my man. We definitely appreciate you. Uh, enjoy Pittsburgh. Stay warm if you can, and uh, we'll, be, we'll be talking to you soon. All right, guys. Have a good one. Take care, man. All right, thanks a lot. There he goes. Vinny Bonsignor, fantastic stuff, reporting from Pittsburgh right now. He's there to be on hand for Christmas Eve game, Steelers, Raiders, Christmas night, 815 Eastern, 515 Pacific. You can hear the game on Raider Nation Radio 920. 4.45 is the time. We'll take a quick break, come back, close out the show. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Thursday night football is just a little bit away from getting underway. Week 16 action. The Jets and the Jaguars, a game that you would think about on paper and be like, oh, that stinks. That's a terrible Thursday night game. But it actually is going to be a pretty good one. The Jags are one of the hottest seeds in football right now. The Jets have a nice young defense. Their quarterback suspect in Zach Wilson. But it should be a pretty interesting game. Checking it out on Amazon Prime right now. And the only thing I don't like about Amazon Prime is the fact that I can't change channels. Can't flip around and look at different games at the same time as Baylor's playing right now versus Air Force in, the, in one of the bowl games that they got going on right now. Uh, so the Armed Forces Bowl is going on, and that's on ESPN. So got that, but can't go back and forth. So I need to get another TV. That's what the problem is. Got to have another TV, Demond. You know, just got to work it out, brother. Yeah, the the NFL they're really putting us in. Uh, you know, the, uh, this is something I want to get into. Okay. Because the NFL is grinding my gears right now. Okay. What's going on? Talk, when, speak on it, brother. What, what's what's on your mind? When they announced that partnership with Google for YouTube TV to be the new home of the Sunday ticket. Yep. I like Directv. I don't have a problem with Directv. I know mo- that's probably how they got most of the, your, their subscribers. You know, people to still keep you know cable television yeah. was the NFL Sunday Ticket. But like you just said, you can't change the channel with Amazon Prime. Yeah, I, I don't have I don't have YouTube TV. How much is it going to be? This is a big problem because Sundays are now going to be even more difficult next season with YouTube TV. Do you agree? Um, I'm interested. I'm not too sure exactly. I'm a big fan of Sunday Ticket, and when I was in Texas, we had it, um, and then we came here, and obviously we don't have it. But I, I love the Sunday Ticket, but you're right. Today, if you didn't know, the NFL and Google partnered uh, to, ch- to decide to bring uh, the, the, the Sunday Ticket to YouTube TV and YouTube Prime channels. There's a couple different things, and I'm not 100% sure exactly how it's going to shake out. Like, there's no 
there's no uh, announcement of how it's going to impact everyone as far as, you know, subscription prices or whatever like that. But I'm sure there's going to be some kind of some kind of rate increase. I, I'm not too sure exactly what it's going to be, but apparently Google and, and YouTube TV, they're spending more than $2 billion a year for the rights to this. So you think about it and realize how much money that is that they're that the NFL is making. I mean, what a machine they are. Sunday tickets been on DirecTV since 94. So that's a really long time. But yeah, I'm not too sure exactly how it's going to shake out and what the plan is. I know that they said there's an a la carte type of, uh, you know, of a subscription that you can do. So maybe that's all you have to have. I'm not 100% sure what it's going to look like, but it's going to be pretty interesting. But clearly you're not a big fan of it. How much would you be willing to pay? I, no, I'm not at all. Um, I'm trying to think. I can't remember how much it was. It what was it like three hundred or four hundred dollars when it was on Directv? Something know, like that. But you I know, know a you, lot of people just said would would call Directv and threaten to leave them, and then they'd give it to them for free. Exactly. That's that's the only reason you liked it because that was your hustle. That's what you did. But I mean, it's it's not so much that, but it's also I like to just flip the channels. Seven hundred three. Yeah. That's the red zone, yeah. you know. And then you just go from the rest I of the seven hundreds. I hate that channel. By the way, what? That is the worst channel in TV. That is that red zone channel is made purely for fantasy football, and that's it. There's also a fantasy football channel as well. That's seven oh four. Okay, well, those two <laughs> channels, I would not like either one of those. I don't, and the only reason I don't like the red zone channel, and they show it at Allegiant Stadium, like while we're doing Q's kickoff, we'll be watching, and they'll be you know scatter shooting around the league, going from game to game to game, which is great in theory. I want to see the game though. I don't want to just see the red zone. I want to see the. I want to see how you got to the red zone. I don't want all of a sudden to be like, oh, and in Detroit right now, they've entered the red zone. They're first and goal, and this is what's going on. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, they settle for a field goal, and then they're and then they're going to another game. Now we're going to take you back over to Pittsburgh, right? They. <laughs> that, that's why I don't like that channel. But I'm not a fantasy football guy. I know why they have it, and it's for fantasy football folks. I mean, because people want to know if their guys are scoring. And I, I get it, you know, in the fantasy football world, I'm just not a fantasy football guy. But they're also giving you the best parts of the game, Q. I don't, I can't believe that is you it don't the like. Best, is it the best part of the game? So you telling me that if someone's at the 50 yard line, them getting from the 50 to the 10 wasn't it, wasn't? Well, wasn't they'll show important? you that play and be like, oh man, and this was the big catch that they got inside the 20, and now we're looking at them in the red zone. I'll tell you what, when the Titans played the Eagles, I flipped right over to so the red zone. You, so you know what I would have never seen, for example. This is a great way to end the show. Is that I would have seen that Derek Carr to to uh, to Ke- uh, Keelan Cole touchdown pass because it was outside of the red zone. It was a thirty yard touchdown pass. So I would have never hit the red zone. I would have never seen the touchdown catch. But they would have been like, "Oh, a big score in Las Vegas. We'll update you." Okay, that's fine. But I want to see. I'd rather see it when it happens. I don't want to. I don't want them to tell me, "Oh, there's a big score in Las Vegas." Oh, here it is. Right. I would have never seen the Chandler Jones touchdown if I'm watching just the red zone. Uh, yes, you would have because that's um, that was in the afternoon, and in the afternoon it's probably only like three games, so they really just keep it locked on. You know, they would have been like, "Hey, this is the last play of the game." Would they keep have, it it's here. the last play. They would have thought they would have thought like everyone else thought that they were about to take a knee and go to overtime, so they would have not had the Raider. You, game I'm on. the red zone aficionado here, not you. Okay, I I'm know, but I'm just you. telling you why I don't like the channel. I think I win this argument. I think it's a great way to close out the show. Thursday night football. If you don't want to have it the on TV, if you don't have the Amazon Prime. It's all right. You can hear it next here on Radio Nation Radio 920.